Hello, my name is Lexi Davis. I'm a self-discovery coach, a yoga and meditation instructor, a love enthusiast, and a really playful human being. I serve people through my business, Alive to Enjoy, and this is Heart Snuggles, a holistic wellness podcast where I invite guests to drop into their heart space through authentic conversations and compassionate intentions, all in mini cuddly episodes, hoping that you connect to your truth in the most authentic version of yourself. I hope you enjoy. Welcome, Heart Snugglies. We're so happy you're here today. I I'm having a great morning and I hope you are too. And I brought a lovely guest. So Nicole, if you want to just give yourself a little intro. Yeah. Hi, Lexi. First of all, thank you so much for inviting me to be here with you today. I am thrilled. It's so nice to meet you. And my name is Nicole Snell. I'm the CEO of Girl Spike Back and I'm an international speaker and self-defense expert. And I travel around the world speaking to audiences of all types about how to be empowered, some personal safety skills, self-defense skills how to set boundaries so that we can live our lives freely and confidently. Oh yeah. Look at that. I love that. (laughs) So great. So tell us how you got started in this beautiful industry. Oh, so I got started in this industry kind of a roundabout way. I was in TV production for 12 years. I worked on amazing projects. Um, I was a line producer. So I did over 75 TV and digital productions in my career. And I, I loved it, but I felt like I wanted to do something more for women and something more to help the world. And I wasn't really sure what that meant and what that would be. So I kind of didn't have any ideas. And then what happened is I was part of a group when I was in college that did sexual assault prevention training. And they reached out to me when I was the, um, oh, what was I? I was the uh, director of digital production for original digital content at Endemol. So I had, you know, a nice staff production job and they reached out to me because they had started doing work with the United States Navy to do trainings and they wanted to work with me again. And I said, I would love to, but you know, I have this full-time job now. I don't know what I, how much I can do. And then what ended up happening is our whole department got um, laid off. And so now I had the availability to do this work and I thought, okay, well, you know what, this kind of in the line of what I wanted to do anyways. So I started working with them and through them, I met Girl Spike Back. I met the owner at the time of Girl Spike Back. And I looked at what they were doing and I said to myself, oh my gosh, you mean this is an actual job where I can travel to colleges and high schools and teach women about self-defense and do speaking engagements? Are you serious? So I reached out to the owner and asked for a job. And three months later, they had an opening and I became a speaker. Part of the training was to graduate from a 20-hour self-defense course with Impact Personal Safety. After I did that, I knew I wanted to teach that too. And that's pretty much how I got started. And I worked with Girl Swipe Back as a speaker for six years. And last year, during the pandemic, I bought the company. The owner was selling. And I knew that I cared so much about our our mission, how we started and the work that we were doing that I had to be the one to continue the work. And so I did a big, I leapt in with both feet and took over the company. That's so cool. That's so amazing. And I love how the universe, it just like all aligned for you. And it's like, you're not going to take this. We're going to make you take this, you know, like yes. we're gonna get this opportunity for you. So that's beautiful. And what made you want to help women in particular, like having that core dream sound like? I've always been really passionate about women's rights and, you know, women's advocacy. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, causes that I care about. You know, I care about a lot of causes. 
And I remember, you know, back when this all started, so this was around what, 2014. And I was thinking like, well, maybe I need to pick one. Maybe I need to put all my energy into just one cause. And then I thought like, well, what do I do? Like when I wake up in the morning, who am I? What am I? And I'm like, okay, I'm a black woman when I wake up. So what if I focus on, on women and what I can do to help women and support women and advocate for us? Because there's so many things that we, you know, so many rights that we're still fighting for, stereotypes that we're still trying to beat, you know, violence against women is a huge issue still. And violence against women isn't just a women's issue. It's everybody's issue. And so that's why I really wanted to do something where I could create change. Yes, 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 yes. We need more of you. (laughs) Um, So tell us why you love empowering people to with self-defense. I love empowering people with self-defense because it can change your life. And I've seen just in a 75 minute seminar, I've seen the change in people, how much more confident they feel when they have tools for their toolbox, so to speak when they know that they have options for protecting themselves. You know, the world tries to tell us, especially women and those who identify as women, you know, gender nonconforming folks who present as femme, you know, they try to tell us that we're weak and that we can't, you know, protect ourselves, that we have to constantly rely on someone else or something else. And I feel like that's very disempowering. And instead, I want to give people the skills and the tools so that they feel confident in their own ability and they can take that power back. Yes. Yes. I mean, my girlfriend talk about this all the time. Like we went, um, we go camping all the time. And one time it was just me and her, and we went to this like really creepy forest and we immediately started freaking out and we were like, no, we're not going to fall into this thought pattern. We're not, we're not. And then like we heard noises and we just kept going there. And then I had a scenario a month ago where it was really creepy. I got a notification. I was house sitting in Santa Barbara and I got a notification at 1am and it was like an air tag has been found on you. And I was like, what is an air tag? And I looked it up and it's a new Apple like tracking device that you can put on your things to like, I don't know if you lose something. And it was like, so I clicked the notification and it was like, if this is not yours, make sure your safety is okay and turn off your location services. So I started spiraling. It was 1am. I didn't have anyone to call in the area and I was freaking out. I immediately went into like freeze mode. And, um, and I just went into panic and I was like, I don't want to feel this way. Like it ended up just being an air tag on the dog. I was dog sitting, but I didn't know that for like an hour in the, in the, of course, the outdoor motion sensor light started going off like every five minutes. And so I was like, oh my God, someone's here, you know? And so, um, yeah, I, I think it's really important because I don't like feeling like so helpless on my own and I know I'm strong, but like, I still have those feelings. So how do you help women like push you that is it just through the actual movements or yeah it's kind of, well thank you for sharing that story and you know freezing is a natural response to danger there's nothing wrong with it you know there, a lot of times you know you hear people that use that as an excuse to blame survivors for what has happened to them and that's not a reason to blame anybody no one is ever it's never anyone's fault for a crime that's committed against them so I just want to make sure I say that right now like freezing is not a bad thing you know it's a it's a natural thing that happens same with fight and flight what training that I do with Girls Fight Back with Impact is it is tries to help us reduce that freeze response so we can get to action faster. It's not about getting rid of it. It's just, okay, how, okay, we're freezing. All right, but now how can we move out of it and get to, to where we can take control? So how I help women that have that feeling of helplessness and that's very, it's a very common experience. You know, before I had all the training that I had, I know there are plenty of times when I felt helpless and, or, or felt like there was nothing that I could do or you get in that thought pattern of, well, if this and this happens, I wouldn't know what to do. And, and then that can be scary. So 
part of it is moving your body. Yes. Moving your body and knowing how to use your body to protect yourself can totally help open up your world and give you the confidence you need that your body is powerful. Like we are human beings. We were born with weapons on our body right now that we can use to defend ourselves. We've just forgotten how to use them because we haven't been taught to use them or we've been discouraged from using them. So we're not helpless. And I try to, um, so much of self-defense is not just the physical, it's the non-physical. It's learning to trust your intuition. It's noticing your surroundings. You know, there was, I'll, I'll say this now because there was a, uh, someone posted a video a couple weeks ago on Instagram and I think it was on TikTok too. And it was this man that was talking about women just shouldn't go to gas stations at night. There's too many weird people out there. Like if you want to be safe, don't do this, don't do that. And you know, those are the things we've always been hearing. Like in order for us to be safe, we have to, here's this laundry list of do's and don'ts that we can't do or that we should do. And those are, none of those are a guarantee of safety and it just limits our life. So the, the, point I make with what I teach is it's about empowering you. So I'm not going to tell you, Hey, don't go to the gas station at three in the morning. I'm going to tell you, Hey, if you have to go to the gas station at three in the morning and you see someone sketchy, then I want to be able to empower you to get in your car, drive to a different gas station. That's safer. I mean, that's, that's a different, that's a different feeling than being like, Oh, these are things I can't do. I hike early in the morning. I get to trailheads at 4am. Sometimes I wake up and I think to myself, Oh my goodness, I forgot to gas up and I have a two hour drive. So I'm at the gas station at two, three in the morning. Does that mean that I'm not allowed to go? And if something happens, it's my fault. It's not my fault, first of all. And we shouldn't be living, we shouldn't be giving women these blanket rules to abide by because that doesn't help anybody. Mm, yeah, I agree with that so much. I've, um, I think that is so important. I love how you said it's not my fault because that's such another common thing we get blamed for when something happens. Like, well, you did the thing that we told you not to do. It's like, no, absolutely not. I'm not okay with that. And yeah, yeah I've traveled, I've solo traveled the world. And I remember I hitchhike in New Zealand and like, I've done all these things that people told me not to do. I also don't like wearing bras and it's not because I'm trying to be sexual. It's just like, they're not comfortable for me. So it's like, I, I, I always am pushing up against the norm, but, um, you definitely, you, you brought with so much fear, like reflect it back to you. That's from so many other people that are like trying to keep you safe. And so it's, mm -hmm. it's not only like working through your own internal, it's like you're also reflecting everyone else's fear onto you. Absolutely. And yeah, I've traveled the world too. Oh my gosh. What part of New Zealand did you go to? I was there uh, few, like three years ago, four years ago. I was on the North Island. Oh, nice. I studied abroad in Auckland, but I went all over South Island. South Island's probably my favorite, but it's so beautiful there. I'm so happy you've been. Not enough people have been. It's incredible. I want to go back. I definitely want to go back and go to the South Island, but I loved it. Yeah, but that that phrase that people would always say to me when I traveled solo is, oh, it's not safe for women. Oh, you shouldn't go. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. And it's like, but why? We say that because we assume women are helpless. It's like, yes, I understand that women can be targeted for violence and we experience violence at higher rates, but we often experience violence from people we know more than we experience it from strangers. It, what is the statistic is 86% of the time women are assaulted by someone we know. It's not the stranger on the solo trip. It's the domestic partner we have at home or the, the spouse or the friend or the acquaintance, the person we're dating. That is what's most likely to happen. We're not talking about that. So we're sticking to this whole stranger danger idea. And that also is setting up a false sense of security with the people we know. Instead, we should be teaching women how to identify manipulative behavior, how to feel confident in setting boundaries, how to recognize when something is off and feeling comfortable speaking up for yourself. And yeah, if you need to use physical skills to defend yourself, even against someone you know, you're worth fighting for. Your life is worth fighting for. Love doesn't hurt. 
And if you need to take steps in order to keep yourself safe, you are completely justified in doing so. You gave me the chills. Yeah. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Yeah, you just speak straight from your heart. And it's also true. Like, yes, 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 yes. So I want to talk about how what you first point you mentioned was how to recognize manipulation. Can you give us some little keys there? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, there's a book that's over here, uh, The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker. I highly recommend you read it, um, any of your listeners to read it. It is so valuable. You learn so much. There's a whole chapter on tools of manipulation that the, the author Gavin DeBecker speaks about. And it's tools of manipulation are not just things that criminals or predators or bad people use. It's things we've all used at some point to try to get what we want because, you know, we want things and we're going to try to be a little extra charming or maybe, oh no, I promise I won't. You know, it's things that we all do. But when you encounter that and also your intuition is sparked, now that gives you information about the other person. And then you get to make a decision about how you're going to handle it. And, you know, the tools of manipulation can be benign or they can be real manipulations done by people who are trying to mean us harm, that are trying to break down our boundaries and weaponize our niceness against us. Because we are always taught to be nice and polite and let's not offend someone. And if I say this, it's going to make them upset and all these things. But no, we need to speak up for what we need. If the other person thinks we're mean and horrible and you're a bitch and blah, blah, blah. I mean, okay, I don't really care what a stranger thinks about me because my safety is more important than someone else's feelings. Yeah, that is definitely not taught. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. Yeah. I teach it. Yes. I teach it. Yes. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you for teaching that. And so what's a way that someone can start to use their voice if they've been so closed off? Um, I would just say, start by recognizing that you have a voice, that no one has to give it back to you. You have it. You've always had it. And just realize that what you say and what you feel matters mm -hmm. to really think to yourself, well, this matters. Like, do my feelings matter? Yes, they do matter. And just kind of put, ask yourself the questions to start reaffirming that within yourself. And in my sessions, I have people practice using their voice. I have them practice saying the word no with impact. They do actual full-on verbal scenarios with an instructor that pretends to be an assailant. So they get to practice, how can I say no? And I think one of the most, I mean, just one of the most in, intense parts of the impact class that I remember seeing are the most fun parts. I can say fun because it's fun seeing people get empowered, but they'll be in a scenario and I'll ask them, well, what do you want this person to do? They say, I want them to go away. And I said, well, tell them. And they'll say, can you please go away? I go, no, 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 that's not telling them. That's asking them. What do you want? You want them to go away? Tell them. And they'll say, okay, um, please, can you go away? No, stop. I want you to repeat after me. I want you to leave. And sometimes it takes women a, like several seconds and I say to stop, take a breath, to be able to just assert just something as simple as that, as saying, I want you to leave, go away, making it a command instead of always asking. And by understanding that we don't lose our niceness, we don't lose our our good, our, our, whoever we are as a person, as a good person, we don't lose that when we're assertive. And even if someone thought that we were not a good person because we set a boundary, well, that tells us about them because our boundaries should be respected. And if they don't respect our boundaries, that gives us more information about them than it does about us. So we shouldn't place our, our safety worrying about what someone's going to think of us because of what we said and to just assert what we need. And when we can get into that habit, oh, it changes you. Like now, nowadays I find myself and, and saying, sorry, sometimes we're programmed to say sorry all the time. Instead of saying, sorry, I'll say, excuse me. Cause that's 
often what I mean if I bump into someone or something happens. Oh, pardon me. Excuse me. Oh, I didn't mean that. And only apologize when I actually wronged somebody or hurt somebody or did something, you know, to offend them, you know, to really offend them. But instead of using it as just like, like we don't have to apologize for taking up space in the world. Yes, I, I amplify that all the time. That's such a huge yeah. thing. And it's like even sometimes saying, I'm sorry when someone's going through pain, it's like you're owning, you're taking responsibility for their pain. It's like, no, it's not, you know, like, yes, we don't need to, we need to tell people there's other ways to say that and just saying, excuse me. I see that all the time. Like people bump into me, like, I'm sorry. I'm like, you're just passing by me. Like, why are you saying sorry? You know? So yeah, yeah that is huge, huge, huge. And um, I also wanted to ask you when you talked about this a little bit earlier was um, that partners are most often the people with um, that are hurting us. And so how do you help women or I guess anyone that um, when they're in a situation of domestic violence to, to get the confidence to leave and end that cycle? Oh, man, Domestic violence is a really complex and can be potentially dangerous situation for somebody, especially if they're dealing with physical violence. There are a lot of resources available specifically for domestic assault survivors that I would recommend them to go to. No one should, no one should leave until they're ready because the, the scary statistics is that oftentimes when women leave, that's when they're more at risk to experience extreme violence or even um, be killed by their partner because the partner's trying to exert control. So it's important to create a safety plan if you do plan to leave and to reach out to the resources that specifically deal with that to get you if you need financial resources, if you need a safe place to go, if there's children involved, they can help walk you through that process so that you can make a, that you can leave safely. And what I would tell to women who may think that that they they're seeing the beginnings of someone who's trying to be abusive and manipulative because it's, you know, it doesn't just start right away with someone being physically abusive. It often starts with other things and then it builds up. There's kind of a continuum to it. So what I'm trying to teach people is how to recognize those signs and feel confident enough in yourself to where you can, if you can leave before it gets to that point, I want to empower them to do that. But if they're already in it, again, it's still not their fault. These people who are abusers are master manipulators. So that's not your fault that this person was just really good at manipulating and hiding their true intentions from you. That's not your fault. And there are places that are available to help you get out. And then what I know there have been domestic violence survivors that have taken my classes or have taken impact classes and the self-defense training can help empower them with skills that maybe they didn't have before to help them feel more empowered in their own lives so that they can feel like, if they experience this again, or they experience someone exhibiting certain signs that they have options and how to respond and it helps give them their power back and helps with their healing process. Yeah. So important. And that's the, I've had a lot of friends go through domestic violence, especially during COVID. It's been a huge untalked about problem. And, and that's always, but I did something wrong. You know, it's, they're so good at blaming them that they feel they can't escape because it's their fault. And it just like, yeah. oh, it's so hard. So what are some of the resources that you recommend? So RAIN is a great resource. Um, I forget what the acronym stands for, but it's R-A-I-N-N, uh, RAIN.org, I believe. And also there's the National Domestic Violence Hotline. There's a hotline you can call and there's a website. There's an escape button. So if, you know, the abuser comes in the room, you can quickly escape so they don't see that you're on the webpage. On my website, NicoleSnell.com slash resources, I have a resources guide that has other um, resources for people from the LGBTQ plus community, for BIPOC communities, 
uh, for men even as well. So anyone who's experienced violence at any time can find um, a, a national hotline that can offer them help. And then if they need help locally, those national organizations can often point you to victim advocates in your area that can help put together a safety plan for you and to help you get what you need to get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so important. It's like, we often think we're so alone in these situations, but we live in a world where, you know, help is really accessible. And especially with those kind of things, it's free. It's like, it's, you don't have to pay for it. It's there for you. Like, yeah, I just, I just really want to encourage you if you are going through this to reach out and to, um, and to use those resources that are developed literally for these situations. And to know it's not your fault. It's not your fault. No matter what you've been told, it is not your fault and you deserve to be happy and you deserve to, you know, be able to live your life and, and be happy and be loved, really loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you said this at some point earlier is like, love isn't pain or something like that. And that is so true. Yeah. Love doesn't hurt. Love doesn't I mean, love hurts. Sometimes it hurts your heart <laughs> when you really love somebody, but you know, love someone. No, it doesn't physically hurt. No one should be physically hurting you, emotionally hurting you, mentally hurting you, causing you pain. And then that that's not what love is. Yeah. And I think it's important too. Like I've been in an emotionally abusive relationship and that's also really hard too. Cause there's no physical, you can't see it, you know, someone on the outside. So dealing with the emotional is hard as well. And that's just as valid. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. also I'd love to hear any challenges you've had as being a black woman. Oh my, in general, just living or doing this work. Um, both. <laughs> yeah. Both. Um, so yeah, growing up as a black woman, I, I grew up in a small town where there was, there's actually more diversity than you would think because it was a military town, but it was still predominantly white. And so, you know, I grew up with stereotypes of what beauty was and what I should look like and how I should behave. And, you know, I am a black woman, so I'm going to look like a black woman. I'm never going to look like anything else. And so, you know, sometimes that was hard when you're faced with, you know, constant media, you know, stereotypes and magazines about, you know, who you should be and, you know, what constitutes someone who's a worthy person. So I struggled for a long time. I struggled with eating disorders for a really long time for getting really vulnerable about it. And, you know, I've, I've had some great experiences with people. And then I've also had, you know, really awful experiences because of how I identified and how people saw me. And having to fight those stereotypes, not just fighting as a woman, but fighting as a black woman and trying to, you know, you have to prove yourself. You have to be 10 times as good as a man, you know, a white man in that space in order to be considered as good as. So there's a lot of pressure to, you know, to be perfect, to not make mistakes because you can't make mistakes. Because if I make a mistake, then it's not just Nicole made a mistake. It's, oh, this black woman, black people. And then it becomes a stereotype of who I am. And the rest of the community when it's like, no, it was just my mistake. But we don't have, as Black people, we don't have that luxury of, of just being able to, oh, I made a mistake. You know, everything is blamed on our race or blamed on our gender. And I'm trying to put, fight back against that by just trying to do good work and not letting the negative voices silence me. Like, I'll continue to talk about it. I have people that come into my DMs now and talk about, I don't know what I'm talking about. And that's not the real way you should be doing it. And this is what you should be teaching. And this is not, you know, just people who have all kinds of, you know, opinions. It's like, great, you can have your opinion, but I am not going to, I don't have to entertain your opinion. You know, I'm going to teach what I teach and it's evidence-based, it's trauma-informed, you know, there's 30 plus years to support what I'm teaching. 
I, you know, please don't come to me and mansplain to me because it's, I don't need it unless I ask for your advice, don't really need it. And it's often, you know, done in a very condescending way. So I don't let those voices silence me. And I feel like that's where I can help not only help myself with my own self-care, but also help others, you know, other black women that may be experiencing similar types of challenges that, you know, that you can still, we can still push through it and we can still be successful. Mm -hmm. yeah I'm so proud of you it's like like you said you have so many extra layers to move through and it's so not fair and um but I'm so proud that you were like no like this is my truth and I'm going to stand in it and I'm going to do this and like yeah those external voices like that's it's so as much no matter how strong we are you know it still hurts sometimes and it's like yeah 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 absolutely and I wanted to, to to pull back and talk about something you mentioned earlier and you were like I don't like to wear bras I don't like to wear bras either. And the whole idea that the whole, every human has nipples, but somehow women's nipples are the only ones that are bad and you can't look at them and it's pornography or it's vulgar or it's sexual or it's inappropriate. It's like, why? I don't understand why. It's like, I I should be able to wear what I want and I do wear what I want. And we should all be empowered to wear what we want. But I also know that oftentimes you wear what you want and you get attention, maybe unwanted attention from someone that is just being disrespectful, staring, oogling, whatever. And I usually call those people out. I'm like, no, that's not okay for you to say that. No matter what I'm wearing, like I can't control what you think, but you can control your actions. You can control what you say. You can control what your eyes are doing. You can control how you're respecting someone else. You should be able to respect someone regardless of what they're wearing. I don't know if you've ever been to a nude beach in your travels, but I have. And just talk about, I've never seen anyone make such solid eye contact with me than when I was at a nude beach. Like they're real, it's non-sexual. Everyone's just like, oh, you have conversations and it's just, hey, we're just bodies. You know, it's just our bodies. Can our bodies be sexual? Yes, but our bodies are also what carry us through the world. Like there's so much more than that. And I, I am so passionate about, you know, empowering women and and breaking down these stereotypes about oh what we can and can't wear and you know victim blaming about oh it's your fault because you wore this or you didn't wear this or oh well you're just asking for it if you were no 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 we should be able to wear whatever whenever and it's the people that have that are saying these inappropriate things and being disrespectful the men that are doing these things they are the ones that need to check themselves and be respectful humans Yes, 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 yes. And so you briefly touched on it, but I just want to make it louder because I actually have been asking more people this because I'm not sure what to do half the time is when you start getting that, like people whistling at you or coming up talking to you or like when you're wearing something that's more sexual, whatever that means. But like, um, how do you defend yourself verbally against that? Oh, so it's going to depend on the situation. If you feel safe and comfortable saying something, what I usually like to do is I like to ask them a question. I'll say, can you repeat what you just said? I didn't hear you. Can you repeat that? <laughs> I didn't hear you. What, what does that mean? Can you, can you please explain to me what you meant by that? What is, wh- why did you think that was okay to say to me? I've shut so many people down by just saying, why did you say that to me? Mm-hmm. What makes you think that that's okay? I had someone, one guy, I was walking by a bus stop and he was yelling at someone. Someone was yelling and saying, I don't like when people touch me. And I walked by and this guy goes, yeah, I'd like to touch that. And I looked at him and I go, no, that is completely inappropriate. You will not speak to me that way. How dare you? And then I just walked by and didn't, I didn't like engage any further, but I just said that I just shut, shut him down. I felt safe doing it. Now you may not always feel safe. Sometimes you may feel safest ignoring it. And that's just as valid. Like you do what you need to do to feel safe in that moment, because that's what it's about, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Like I rarely do say anything back, you know, I'm just like, ignore, ignore, ignore. But half the time I am safe and I just like, don't, you know, I feel like if I engage, it's going to amplify, but it won't like it literally like they're so used to people ignoring them that that's what continues the pattern. Yeah. That's a very common misconception that if we, if we set a boundary, if we say no, if we engage and are assertive, that that's going to make the man so angry that now that's going to escalate it and make them attack us. And that is not true. Of course, there's stories where that happens, but they also, you know, those, those news stories are often like woman says no and man attacks. Like I've seen those types of storylines and it, it's like, no, the man, the man was going to attack. That was what he was planning to do. That's the type of person he was. It's not because she said, no, it's, you know, what it's just the, the, where they're placing the blame is wrong, but you cannot turn a healthy, normal person into an attacker just by saying no, we're setting a boundary. And if that person does do something, that means that was already their intent. That was already who they were. It's not your fault. You didn't make them do it. And setting a boundary is probably one of the best things you could have done than letting this person who could potentially flip like that get within striking distance of you. And I have shut people down. I, I was walking in like the store and it's summertime in California. You know, it's hot. I'm going to wear shorts. I'm going to wear a tank top. There's, I'm not going to walk around in a parka. So I'm at the store and this guy like walks by me and he like does the full like up and down look, not even trying to be subtle about it. And I turned and I faced him. I said, hi, is there a problem? Can I help you with something? And he goes, mm, I like what I see. I go, excuse me, can you say that again? What did you just say to me? And he goes, oh, I said, I like what I say. I go, what makes you think that that's okay for you to say to me right now in this context? And he was just, I'm like, no, no, really. Why, why did you say that? Why do you think that's okay? You think that's okay? Do you talk to other women like that? Do you let other people talk to people, women in your life like that? And he was like, uh, uh, well, uh, I take it back. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay, fine, whatever. Yeah. And then like, you know, just shut him down. So asking questions is a really can be a really effective way to, to address a, a street harasser or cat caller, someone mm. who's being disrespectful. Wow. I love this so much. And I'm so proud of you. That's amazing. So, <laughs> it's you. so empowering. It's like, and then you feel so much better after too. Cause you know, it's like, you didn't just do that for yourself. You just change how he talks to women probably for, so, so you're impacting all these other women too. It's like, I think that really helps me too. It's like, I'm not just doing this for me. I'm doing this for like the collective. And it seems like it's just for me, but it really does make a difference. Like you startled him. Like I highly doubt he'll do that again, you know? Or if so, he'll remember, oh yeah, I did that one woman and she did whatever. Oh, I hate it when they'll say, oh, it's just a compliment. I say, no, it's not a compliment. A compliment, I determine what a compliment is. That's not a compliment. Don't you, don't you comment on my body? No. Mm-hmm. And I'll just shut them down. And sometimes, you know, sometimes they'll come back with, well, you're up this and call you names or say inappropriate things. And I just let, I mean, they're just trying to, to get their ego back at that point because you've disrupted their pattern. I just let that go. Cause I'm not there to have an argument with them. I'm not there to, ch- I'm not going to change their mind in a two minute interaction. I mean, they're going to be who they are. They might think twice before doing it again, but I am there. I'm going to assert my boundary. I'm going to let them know that that's not okay. And then if they're going to keep at me afterwards, I'm just going to walk. I'm just going to walk away and just let them, let them have it, but know that I said what I needed to say. Yes, exactly. Love that so much. So thank you. And to wrap it up, I'm going to ask the question of the podcast. <laughs> um, what was the last random act of kindness someone did for you? I'm going to say the last random act of kindness someone did for me is, um, let's see. Oh, you know what? I was at the store. I was at the store last week, I think. 
And I was um, like, I was reaching for like the last of something and like me and the other person were both reaching. And I was like, oh no, no, you, you go ahead. And they're like, no, you go ahead. And I was like, but it's the last. And they said, no, it's okay. And so I took it and I was like, that was very nice of them. That was very nice of them. I loved that. And I love too that like, yeah, you being such a giver, it's so easy to just be like, no, you take it. And it's like, actually, I get to receive this this time. That's so good. It was so nice. Oh, beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. And so if people want to work with you, find you, um, tell them what you're offering and yeah, how they can get connected. Yeah. Thanks, Lexi. So you can find me on my website, NicoleSnell.com or also GirlsFightBack.com. I'm also on Instagram. My handle is Adventures of N-I-K. And my other one for business is Girls Fight Back. All, all one word, no spaces, dashes, underscores, anything like that. And I do virtual presentations. I do live presentations. I primarily work with groups and organizations who put something together for their, their organization. And I do keynotes and workshops and seminars. I also can work with people on an individual basis if they want as well. And yeah, I would love to come and empower your group and offer you some skills you can use to, you know, live the life that you deserve. Because that's what we all, we all deserve to live a confident, free and safe life, knowing we have options for defending ourselves if we need to. Ideally, we wouldn't need those skills, but until we live in the world where we don't need those skills, it really is a gift to be able to know how to protect yourself. Yes, I agree. I think it's, yeah, it's that extra sense of security and safety and like internal, you know, it's like, we don't need to be dependent on others. So I think it's, yeah, I love empowerment. I'm all here for it. So thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time today and definitely go hire Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks Lexi. It was so nice to meet you. I hope maybe we can meet in real life and maybe travel to New Zealand one day. That'd be awesome. Oh my gosh. I'm here for that. (laughs) 